Hey everyone, so I just had a great conversation with Jen Pike, a nutritionist and a functional practitioner that helps women with their cycles and um, is the creator of the Hormone Project. So everything we spoke about, of course, you guys know I love talking about hormones and food and sticking to the moon and sticking to your cycle and life rhythms is exactly what we went over today and it's such a great and empowering conversation for all women to hear and men too to really understand your counterparts and to know ourselves better and our relationships better to ourselves our cycles the moon the environments and all the different triggers and stresses that create change within that system so enjoy this conversation it's one that i loved loved recording and i'm hoping to get jen back on um, sooner rather than later so we can talk more deeply into the the wisdom that a woman's body holds so enjoy everyone Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey everyone, welcome back to an episode of Health Ignited. I am solo today because as you guys know, we're parents to two boys and sometimes we have to pivot and adjust and adapt to what life brings us. So Dr. Nick is entertaining the boys while I get to have this amazing conversation about all the things we love to talk about, hormones, food, sinking ourselves to the rhythms of life and seasons and all the things to do with hormones with an amazing guest today, uh, Jen Pike, who is a functional nutritionist and medical exercise specialist. She specializes in women's health and hormones and is the best-selling author of The Simplicity Project, as well as her two cookbooks, The Simplicity Kitchen and The Simplicity Body. She is the founder of the global and revolutionary women's health programs, The Hormone Project, Synced, and her Simplicity Body Movement series. This is also amazing. <laughs> These programs are dedicated to teaching women what they should have known about their bodies all along. The incredible healing abilities, wisdom, and power their bodies hold and how to bring them to life. You can catch her weekly tips and tools on her podcast, The Simplicity Session, and her YouTube show, Simplicity TV. She sits on the advisory board for Strong Fitness Magazine and contributes to CHCH, Morning Live, CTV, Global, CP24, and Breakfast Television. You're a busy woman. <laughs> well, a lot of those media things haven't been happening since uh, the pandemic in the right, last year right. and a half. So a little so. break from that. Yeah. <laughs> so she is an inspired wife and mom of two. She understands that true well-being is a journey to be enjoyed, not a struggle to be forced. She will inspire you to create more simplicity and ease in all you do. So amazing. Welcome, Jen. And thank you for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our chat. Yeah, you know, I was looking through um, some of the things that you offer, and I love just the, the concept of simplicity, because I think as women, we're so good at complicating life, mm -hmm. um, especially through our minds and complicating health, really, because there's so much information out there. So I love that you've really narrowed down on teaching women how to simplify their lives, whether it's through food and fitness and all the things that you do to 
so that they understand that this is something that is one innately in them and that they can bring into their lives. So I would love to hear your story and what brought you into this realm of health and um, what inspired you to be here today. Well, you know, I grew up in a household where my parents, you know, they, they cooked all of our meals. My dad was always going to the gym. My my mom was always out for her walks or at jazzercise with the ladies in the neighborhood. And, you know, us kids, like we grew up where you were fighting to come in at night based on when the streetlights came on. And so my growing up was very active and uh, I was exposed to some really nourishing food in the kitchen. And from a pretty young age, like by the time I was about 14, 15, I was going to the gym every day with my dad before high school in the morning. I was getting up at like six in the morning to go with him. And I just, I loved it. I loved how I felt. And I loved watching the variety of bodies in the gym moving the way that they were. And so by the time I was ready to go off to college, I knew that I wanted to do something in that field and in that industry. And so I started off working primarily with fitness and I was working a lot with athletes, which was super fun. But I soon realized that working in a very, male dominant space where they had the trainer, they had the nutritionist, they had the system, they had the village. I was part-time working at a gym where I grew up and I was working with all women, primarily moms. And I wasn't a mom at the time, but I was working with these women. And I was, I remember specifically one day training a mom of three. And I just thought to myself, you are the athlete of everyday life. You are working a full-time job. You are raising three children. You're in here trying to carve out time for you. And I started to lose interest training the athletes. And I started to become enamored in training these women. And I wasn't, like I said, a mom at the time, but then when I did become a mother, um, I was like, oh my gosh, now I get it. I had no idea. I would listen to my clients. I was there for them, but I had no idea as we don't until we have kids of our own. And I remember at that time then thinking, I wish I could go back to every single one of those women and say, A, I am sorry. <laughs> and B, now I get it. And so becoming a mother myself, it led me down this different journey of hormones because exercise and nutrition, I was like, I've got this. We can create some pretty significant, you know, changes and optimization of health, but there was always something kind of missing. And until I started to really dive into the world of the endocrine system and the impact that our hormones and our emotions and our environment and stress and all of that played, when I started to layer in and thread that into my practice, everything changed everything changed. And so, uh, you know, it was through the evolution of going into a new transition in my own life as a mom and in my body, and then really kind of playing with the women that I was working with in terms of let's just try this approach and see how it feels. And then I went back to school again to do more of the functional um, testing inside of things from a functional med perspective. And, and now here we are, and I love it. There's never a boring day mm -hmm, <laughs> when you're working with hormones, there's always yeah. something. And, you know, you said in the very beginning about, you know, you love the approach of simplicity. And for me, really what I do every day is I am deconditioning and teaching women how to unlearn what they think they know. Mm. 
in order to actually tap into what we should have been taught mm. and how we should have been taught and empowered as like young girls. Mm -hmm. So that as we grew up into these women, we understood what our body was trying to communicate with us. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, um, I mentioned to you earlier that I just finished writing my book, mm -hmm. Woman Unleashed. And that's the journey that I hope women also start to really understand about themselves is how powerful our bodies are and our hormones are and that they're always working for us. And mm -hmm. I, I love that you brought that into the conversation because really from um, the social constructs and our beliefs that we maybe get passed down from our parents and grandparents, it almost feels like it's a burden. It feels yeah. like hormones are a burden. It feels like your cycle is a burden because now you can't do the things that you're supposed to be doing that time of month or, you know, this change that's happening in your body. We're not taught to really embrace it, but anything, it's almost like I said, a burden now that you have your period. And so I love that you're changing that conversation and perspective. Mm -hmm. So what are the steps that you take a woman through? Like say a woman comes to you and has um, issues with her hormones, whether it's PCOS or endometriosis, or just simply not feeling like herself? Like what are the initial things that you would do to help support her? Well, I work with women in private practice through my actual program, the hormone project. So in that they are working with us one-on-one, -on -one, so myself or other, one of our coaches. And then they're also, we're moving them through essentially, uh, school for their body as a woman for their hormones. And so they're simultaneously learning all the areas, everything from digestion and inflammation to their adrenal and thyroid support, you know, gut and liver, all the way up through understanding their reproductive system to then working with us one-on-one. -on -one. And our initial intake is really, it's all information gathering. So I'm not interested in working with a woman and only asking, well, what do you eat? And what supplements are you taking? Like, to me, that's just, it's the surface information. I really wanna understand why. And I wanna understand, you know, let's go back even to childhood. Like, do you know what your mom's pregnancy and birth with you is like? And did you have any health issues when you were younger? Were you on medication for any period of time? How old were you when you had your period? What did that experience feel like for you? And how did your body respond to that change? And then what was your cycle like throughout your teen years? Did you have like a, a full cycle or did you ever go on the pill or were you on any other type of, you know, hormone replacement therapy? Tell me more about your twenties and your thirties. And I... I want to hear her words. So we have them fill out information and that's great. And we keep notes, but the way a woman talks to you and describes her journey of her life, that to me is where the magic and actually where the solutions for her live. And there's something also really cool that happens when, so we record everything. And when she hears it coming out of her mouth in her own words, there are all of these like, aha moments and it, it changes for her. There's a different resonance with it. So we do this big intake and then yes, we talk about, you know, take me through what your day is like now. I also want to understand, you know, how does your body respond to stress? How, you know, is this happening and going on? If you've had children, what was your experience like? Tell me about the changes in your body. We go very uh, deep around the menstrual cycle and her menstrual health history. Uh, we do blood analysis. So we're looking at full blood panels, not just like the basic surface. So we're looking at full thyroid panels. We're looking at, you know, fasting glucose and insulin blood work, a lot of different biomarkers. We also run a Dutch test for every woman in the program. 
So we're doing that dried urinary test for comprehensive hormones. For some of them, depending on what's going on, we might also do stool sampling. So we have kind of a menu that we can pick and choose from based on the individual woman that we are working with. And when we're taking her through understanding the results of these functional tests, we're sharing the screen with her and we're walking her through everything. Because again, it, here's what I know to be true, 24 years in the industry, the, the old system of sliding a meal plan across the table of somebody leaving with a brown paper bag with all their supplements, that does not create change. Mm-hmm. It, they don't, do they know why you have asked them to do said things? Do they understand the process? And so that's what I really pride myself and my team on in the hormone project is we are educators first. And then we work alongside them uh, to figure out, you know, how we can best support their body now and then moving forward. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love everything that you said. I completely resonate with it. It's funny when Melissa booked this conversation, she's like, you're going to love her because you're both the same. Oh. <laughs> like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Awesome. To everything that you're saying. And it's so, the story, right? The story that a woman tells mm-hmm. is so true. And there's there's so many gems, like you were saying, the magic really sits there. And what I would love to hear from you is after you've heard so many women's stories, do you find that there's a theme in which maybe blocks them sometimes from mm-hmm. really seeing um, their worth for healing? Or is there like a, a trend that you see in their stories that maybe don't allow them to shift into the potential or the healing that could come from working with you? Yeah, for sure. There, there is a couple. The first one automatically that like comes to the surface for me is so many women did not grow up in an environment where it was safe to talk about their body or their changes or how it was feeling. It was referred to as something dirty. There was a lot of shame around it. It was hidden. That is bathroom talk. Um, the women in their life didn't talk about these things. So they didn't have anyone that were mentoring or modeling that this was a safe place to talk about things like periods or or whatever type of changes were happening in their body. And so they, they grew up with this notion that I need it. This is for me to manage and deal with on my own. I have to keep it tidy and dark in a way. The other one is that working with a lot of women and mothers, something happens when we, you know, are, are pregnant and conceive and give birth. And it's like, we give birth to this child and then we give this huge chunk of who we are away with that process. And then it becomes something that is considered to be selfish if we do anything for ourselves. And our our whole purpose gets shifted towards be the wife, be the mom, Mm -hmm. you know, work your career, do all of that. And if there's maybe some time left for you, you get that. A lot of women I work with, they, you literally have to give them permission to invest in themselves, to take time for themselves, to set boundaries and say no to people they care about. It's terrifying for them to actually let anybody down and disappoint people around them because then they have actually, this is how they feel loved is through appreciation and by doing and doing for other people and being in service. This is how they feel appreciated. So when they're not doing those things, it's like this panic sets in and, and they don't really truly know how to take care of themselves. And so that's the part I actually love the most is watching mm-hmm. these women change week to week and then becoming more empowered to step into that. So, you know, and then the other side of it is we live in a time now where we have no shortage of information or, you know, education, inspiration, but there's so much of it in any given day 
you are hearing hundreds of different messages from multiple sources. And that's why no one knows how to do anything for themselves because they, they are lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you said in the beginning was so important is um, helping them unlearn. Mm-hmm. Learn the, the old stories, the old identities, the masks, the roles, all the things so that they yeah. can really blossom into that identity that has already been there, their sole purpose and like yes. bringing that out so that they can really start speaking from that space. I had this one woman that I was working with and the thing that broke my heart and has stayed with me for years is she looked me in the eye and said, I'm not worth the help that you can give me. Mm-hmm. And that was such an aha moment for me of like so many of us women walk Mm -hmm. around with that same belief that we are not worth the investment. Like you were saying, we are not worth the time and my acts of service are the things that provide me that love and support and recognition. So it's so important that women hear this today and see Mm -hmm. that here's, there's two of us here is telling you that you are worth it. And I love that you're doing that. So I've noticed for myself in my trajectory of working with women, when I was pregnant, I really wanted to work with pregnant women. Now that I'm going through perimenopause Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, moving through the stage, it's like, you really want to just help support them. And you just learn so much from your own journey. So I'm curious if there are things that you've learned about yourself through this journey, or if there's been challenges or adversities that have helped you grow into the healer that you are today in supporting women. Yeah, absolutely. And I can definitely relate to that. And I think that's our human nature, right? Is that when we are going through something, then there is sharing, like sharing is caring, right? That we want to be able to help others. And there's also that level of catharticism for us when when we can help others. And when we're going through something, it helps us move through it as well. And so when I was, I mean, again, so different before having kids, I didn't, I didn't think like that. That's just not how I vibrated. And then when I had my children, same thing, pregnancy, working with moms, and it's because I was living it. Like I, I got it. I knew how to create that. And then I opened a brick and mortar business that I operated for almost six years. And then I like hit rock bottom at that time. My kids were still really little. I was giving the best parts of me to absolute strangers and to, you know, my students there and to my staff and my family I'd come home to would get over the leftover crappy parts of me. And I had these multiple times of burnout that really brought me to my knees and had me asking these deep questions of a, am I worth creating a change and a shift? Like why in the world am I doing this? What is my greater purpose? And B, I am going nowhere really fast. And if I don't pick myself up, I am going to become my own client. I am going to become the women that are, you know, mirroring this for me. And so that was a pivotal time for me. That was in 2015. And I had to let myself, uh, I had to let myself rest. And back there, what it felt like is I had to let myself be lazy. I had to let myself Mm -hmm. literally like all I did for a year when I sold my business was lie on the couch, drink lots of tea, go for walks. And, and that was it. And that, you know, created this rebirth and this strength moving forward. And so now for me, like I'm in my perimenopausal years as well too, And I watch all these women around me that are trying to control it and are taking such a rigid approach. And, you know, it's still this mentality of, well, then I have to work out harder or I have to eat less. Or now I need to, you know, stretch my intermittent fasting window or I need to, you know, not eat carbohydrates or I have to do this and do that. And I just sit back and I look and I watch and I'm like, it does not need to be this arduous. 
You know, you don't realize the impact that you are creating for your body moving forward. So what I've seen women do is, you know, in your 20s and 30s, you're thinking about the body you can achieve in 30 days. And then you get into your 40s and beyond, and you're starting to think about how you can prevent the body that might show up in the next 30 days. And we're still applying the same tactics, not realizing that the body that we're going to live with for the next 30 years, that we're actually injuring her with what yeah. we're doing right now. And, and we're really not taking care of her. So it's been, I, I have actually, I've loved the aging process, to be honest, because I just continue to learn so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I, it's fascinating to me. I remember my nanny, who's my paternal grandmother, um, who she actually just passed in December. And I remember before she would always say to me, you know, she would just look at her hands. You know, a few years after a few years, she'd look at her hands and just see how they were changing. And that was her way of knowing that like her wisdom is growing and there's shift happening in her body. And I love that you brought that up because graceful aging is a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's so much that we can learn through the process of aging, but we're in a society of anti-aging, you know, there's fear mm -hmm. around that process. So I love, I love that you brought up the fitness aspect. So being mm -hmm. in that world, um, you know, because we teach fasting, we teach all the th those things. And we're very much in line with you and trying to teach women and men to really know themselves to know when that's appropriate for you, mm -hmm. whether mm -hmm. it's the season of our environment or a season in life that you're in. So I'd love for you to maybe lay out, like, what does work for women, say it's a woman that's in her menstruating years, like, do we defer what we do in the first two weeks, from the last two weeks of our cycle. I mean, you called mm -hmm. it lazy, but I know you don't think that it's lazy that you <laughs> had that year of like parasympathetic, right? Yes. Like your body get to body got to recover healing. and heal. So do you teach that in uh, for a woman during her cycle and then maybe in perimenopause what she could do different or what she could do different in her menopause years? Yes, to all of those. So for the woman that's in her cycling years, and she's still regular, that's, that's really where synced comes in. So I teach a lot about cycle awareness, which cycle awareness is different from cycle syncing, because you can't sync to what you don't understand and aren't aware of. So the awareness piece is huge first for a woman understanding not only when her menstrual cycle comes, but really the ebbs and the flows within it. And when potentially she's ovulating so that that she can understand you know, the first half, that follicular phase, the second half, her um, luteal phase, and then each of the phases. So we have like a front half and a back half, but we have four phases within that entire one cycle. And so that right there, most women grow up just thinking, what do you mean four phases? Like I have a period, that's my cycle, without understanding that that's really, it's the culmination. That's the end result of all the other phases that we have gone through. So when women can start to track this, like our body is giving us data every single day, mm -hmm. every single day. And when you can start to track this, whether it's, you know, pen and paper or it's in an app, you don't have to, you, these are free. Like you don't have to invest in this. You just have to actually, you know, do the work of plugging it in you start to see this beautiful graph that when you see it, now it starts to connect and you're like, that makes so much sense that I feel this way during this time of the month versus this way in this time of the month. And then when you start to understand where you're at in your cycle, now you can start to layer in appropriate 
nourishment for your body, the way that we're going to feed our body, you know, when we're shedding the lining of the uterus and regenerating that organ, and then coming into the follicular phase and ripening the follicles and selecting the egg and ovulating compared to what we're going to do when we're in that, you know, preparatory phase to go back through that is going to be very different. Same thing with how we move our body, maybe even down to the finite way that you supplement your body. You know, a man has a 24 hour, literally groundhog day rhythm and cycle. Mm -hmm. It is very easy for him to get up and to do the same thing all the time, feel and yield the same results. We are not like that. (laughs) We are the antithesis of that, which is why we can feel like we are a roller coaster and an ocean of emotions. And, and that doesn't make sense to a lot of women, because when you've never been taught hey, PS, like this could happen. In fact, it's going to happen. So don't freak out. Just understand and pay attention to the ebbs and flows. But so many women are like, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm happy and then I'm sad and then I'm anxious and then I'm calm. And on Tuesday, I like my husband. And by Thursday, I want him out of here. And, you know, they don't understand why they're feeling like that. And most women, when they start to describe that out loud to people or to their primary, you know, practitioner, physician, it's in their head. They're oftentimes offered a prescription. Everything is like about suppression. So suppress her story, suppress her symptoms, suppress her feelings, suppress her opportunity to explore it. Mm -hmm. And then you have the woman who does not have a menstrual cycle, or if she's perimenopausal, she still has a bleed, but it kind of drops out of the sky when it feels like it. Or maybe she's spotting now, which she never used to, or the period is shorter or it's heavy, like things are changing and different and she can't quite nail it on the dot in terms of tracking it. Then what I teach women about is I still want you to continue to track your symptoms, the things you're feeling, you know, vaginal secretions, emotions, all of that. But I want you to start to tap into the power of the moon of the lunar cycle, because that's something that is consistent that we can anchor you into when you feel like nothing else is anchored in your life. So there's two different approaches depending on, on where she is at. And then obviously for the woman who she's fully into menopause and no longer has a bleed, then the lunar wisdom and cycle, that's what we are going to teach that woman um, how to empower herself moving forward. Yes. And how empowering is that to like, understand that it's not in your head Mm -hmm. that there's nothing wrong with you this is a rhythm that you just need to understand yeah and how do you work with women on birth control because as you probably know that really does shift perception it shifts biochemistry so it shifts these things do you then also anchor back into the moon and ask them to anchor into that or is there another way to work around it if somebody's on whether it's a IUD or pills or a patch. So when, well, if they're doing oral birth control or patch, or if they're doing an injection versus an IUD, I mean, that's going to be a bit different, but in most of those cases, they're not ovulating, right? Especially if they're taking oral birth control, Mm -hmm. um, the, that pituitary signaling is no longer going to happen, nor is ovulation. And so we cannot use her chemical withdrawal bleed that she gets each month. And if she's with an IUD, she probably isn't even bleeding at at this point. So we will hundred percent will use the moon to help to give her the anchoring while then helping to support 
you know, the nutrients and the minerals, the areas of her body that we know are probably impacted from being on synthetic birth control. So we're going to focus on her gut function, on her liver health and detoxification. We're going to support, you know, nutrients like her methylated B vitamins, certain minerals as well too. And, and really, again, that's going to be a bio-individual approach, but understanding like, how are you feeling and where are the gaps that are showing up in your body so that when she does decide to come off of the synthetic birth control, we already created this beautiful runway for her. And there already is a rhythm that is happening on an energetic level. I am a firm believer one of the ways we are doing a huge injustice to women is we are only treating the physical body and the symptoms mm -hmm. and we are disregarding her mental, emotional body. And, and there's like a cellular energy that is happening all the time. And for us as women, I mean, every human has this, but for us as women, like this is where we ebb and flow. This is literally where we live. And so for women who walk around in life and they say like, I'm, just, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. And you start to talk to them. What you really connect to is that their physical body is not doing as bad as what they think. It's their soul that is exhausted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's, she's not being served and taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. I call it the, the dance with the divine within yes. your cells are like you said, they're, they're always communicating and connecting. And if we don't yeah. have that same connection in life, like oxytocin being our, like the hormone that makes us really feel grounded as a woman. And if we're not receiving that through self-care or through community or through the elements that are going to really help us feel that self-love the other stuff sometimes doesn't even matter anymore because, yeah. you know, the physical body will do what it needs to do to keep you alive. Yeah. But if we don't, which is why that, you see that converse, right. Where you've yeah. got women who they're like, I'm doing everything right. I'm eating all the right food. I'm taking all the supplements. I'm doing, you know, the exercise, all of that. And they still, something is off and it's because they're not actually doing like the work which is that yeah. internal work of themselves. And it's because it's hard, right? No one wakes up and is like, I want to unpack all my self-limiting beliefs and the stories I tell myself that aren't true because it is really uncomfortable, mm -hmm. heavy work a lot of the time. But, you know, I know this to be true. I know you do, do as well. And so many of the women that are listening, if you don't make the time to be curious and start to do a little sloughing in that area and bring it to the surface, it will find you. Mm -hmm. it, it will always find you. And it's just a matter of how or when. Mm -hmm. I once heard somebody say, what follows your I am is what gonna, what's going to be coming for you in the future. Mm. So those I am statements that we have because of those beliefs and limiting beliefs and experiences, like a lot of those yeah. beliefs are made through those traumatic experiences and the things that we need to really uncover will create that story and identity that you're speaking to. So I think it is so important to mulch from that and when women do start syncing those two worlds together that's when the magic really does happen because you really start yeah. to understand that what happened to me when I was five years old is influencing me in menopause mm -hmm. you know but we don't always make that connection because we're living our everyday day life and especially as mothers I don't know if you've had this experience I'm sure you have um well, first, I'll talk about this study that was done in New Zealand, where they saw that the fetal tissue that is left behind in a woman's womb gets morphed into a woman's heart or lung tissue or other mm -hmm. parts of us. So these children literally become a part of who we are. 
So when they're going through their cycles and their things, we're not only feeling our own selves and our cycles changing, but we're feeling them. We're mm -hmm. feeling all their stuff. So being able to discern what's going on in the world, what's going on in my body, what's going on in my children's body is so important through the work that you're mm -hmm. teaching. And in that discernment and curiosity of like, who am I in all of this? And how can I help support that? So what are some tools then that women can use to help support that curiosity within themselves? Well, like I said, the first thing is I would start to track and to understand whether it is the moon you're tapping into or it's your, your own physical body in an app or something like that. And then the other thing is I would actually start to ask yourself some questions of like, you know, truly like how, how am I feeling and kind of go through it in this way. So a lot of women, they need to have literal, like you need to lay it out for me. It can't be abstract. So, you know, I'll often say to women, okay, well, let's talk like digestively. How do you really feel digestively? Like, are you gassy? Are you bloated? You know, are you having regular bowel movements? What are they like? Are you, you know, is your gut the first area? Like when you know something is off or on, like intuitively, is that where you feel it? Let's tap into that a little bit more. Tell me more. That's something where she'd be like, oh, okay. Yes. Like I can anchor into that. And then it's like, all right, talk to me about like your sleep. Do you fall asleep easily? Like what's going through your mind when you're trying to go to sleep or when you're waking and lying in your bed between one and four in the morning? How do you feel as you're moving through the day? How do you respond to stress? What does joy feel like? So it's trying to get them to tap into not what do you think, but what do you feel and how does that feel? Because when you start to bring it into that place of feeling and sensation, you can't unfeel those things now and you can't unknow it. So now that recognition starts to come forward and then it goes deeper where the, and this is why we do functional testing. So it's having the right kind of conversations with women and then it is helping to them to understand their actual chemistry. So that's where I do serum work and then I do urinary work and then we'll do stool testing. Um, those are probably the three more primary approaches that I use. So now they can understand, okay, this is how I feel. This is what's actually going on in my body. And, you know, this plus this, that is possibly what has led to and has created said symptom or what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I've just found that when you can do that, she's so excited, irrespective of the results. She's so excited because it's like she literally just got to look through a microscope into her body. And now she feels connected because we all have this superpower as women, like we can all be our greatest healers for mm -hmm. ourselves. But we're so busy and exhausted, just like handing us over to everything else, including that connection that that's where it gets diluted and we just keep searching. Mm, yeah. So what are some aha moments that you've witnessed in women when they really fine tune into themselves and know who they are and look at themselves with that microscope? Like what are some things that have shown up in their lives? Um, so for a lot of women, it's their connection to, wow, I'm not actually an angry person. I'm just hungry. <laughs> I am just actually starving. My blood sugar is not balanced. Um, so that's, that's one area. Also being severely dehydrated. I find with a lot of women, you get them to drink, you know, more than what they are right now. And you get them eating regularly, and they feel a whole lot better and can focus. The other thing I love the most is I ask a lot of questions when I'm working with women um, to dig a bit deeper. And my favorite moments in any session are when they sit back and go, they'll answer me and then they'll go, you know, I never 
I have not thought about that since that. Or I never, no one's ever asked me that. I never would have connected that. I, and then you see the cogs start to go. And then you see like, they start moving through life. And it's like, oh my gosh, this and then this. And I love that. When that can happen in a session, for me, I am like, we have done beautiful work here today. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like it's that, that flame that we're stoking. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, it's all in there. The, yeah. the healing magic is in there within them. It's just about really feeding that yeah. and helping them unveil it, which is yeah. so incredible to watch the process. And I so, think the other thing, sorry, I'll just say on no, that, because no, I think this is like such an important message is I love when a woman finally um, realizes that this is not a race and that we're not actually handing out medals or like gold stickers at the end of this. And that we cannot change everything all at once. In fact, what she's feeling didn't happen all at one time. So that her like really starting to honor the process of patience yeah. is a big one. Because yeah. I think, you know, so many women, they jump from, you know, program to, to this, to that, to the other, because if it doesn't change in a matter of weeks or even a couple of months, yeah. they jump ship. Yeah. And it's recognizing like, you know, here we are, I've been living for four decades. There's a whole lot of things that have happened. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And as you were speaking to that, I was thinking it also helps them feel connected to all women and mm -hmm. not feel alone. Because yes. often we're in our story and we're feeling like, how come I can't handle this? How can that individual do all the things that they're doing and be okay? Because that's yeah. our perception of that woman's life. And yeah. when we start to really talk about these stories we understand that we are not alone we're all living through the same story but just from different lenses mm -hmm. and it really brings us back into that common space of connection again and I do feel that you know you brought up the soul piece it's that reconnecting with the soul that's going to create healing not only within ourselves and I'm sure you anchor into this too is that you know women we're like the center of our communities mm -hmm. our families and when we're not grounded nobody's grounded and, you know, speaking of myself being in perimenopause, I'm doing my Dutch test actually right now because I like to do it often to see yeah, me too. what things have changed. And just two days ago, my husband's like, where are you in your cycle? Like day 19 to 21. <laughs> it's like, oh, it all makes sense, right? Uh -huh. Like you start, your family starts to understand that when you're shifting or things are happening in your cycle, that there's some physiology that's playing a part. Yeah. So I'd love to hear if you've heard any stories about relationships shift um, as women are getting to know themselves, whether it's a relationship with themselves, which they're self-discovering, but their relationships with their partners or their children or even their careers. Um, if you've seen these like shifts and changes in other parts of their lives. All the time all the time. Um, the first one that does shift is the relationship with themselves. Mm -hmm. That that's for sure. And most commonly it is, uh, they just have a different level of compassion. They're kinder to themselves now that they actually feel these different things that are happening. And they're like, okay, I get it now. I'm not going to force, you know, as much as a lot more grace. Uh, and then definitely in the relationships, like they'll say, Oh, you know, my, my partner says I'm actually, you know, a little bit more enjoyable to be around or, my partner is like you just said, they know now. So everyone kind of just like, we just have a different energy in the household if I'm feeling like that for a couple of days. And also when she gets the courage to say out loud, this is where I'm at in my cycle. This is how I'm feeling. I'm just going to need to kind of pull back. Just give me a day or two. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not like, I just, I need to just go inside 
and do some work before I can show up in the way that you are all used to me doing. So how she advocates for herself is part of those boundaries Mm -hmm. as well. And that changes. And then the cyclical living for the workflow, I think is one of the most powerful. So when you're able to, you know, future forecast into your calendar and what you're saying yes to, and when you're doing big things like recording a podcast or whatever it may be, women don't really realize it in the beginning because we are primed to say yes to everything, but Mm -hmm. that's not really what we need is that it's big work to show up and do this. And if you are a couple days out from your period or you're on your period, everything in your being is saying, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is not what we're supposed to do versus you can batch your schedule in that follicular and ovulatory phase when estrogen and testosterone are higher, when your body like on every level, this is when we're more primed to be out there and have that exposure, you'll probably find your energy is in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, again, when you start to recognize it, like we just came out of a really powerful new moon in cancer, you know, cancer, it's a cardinal water sign. It's a very emotional sign. And I live on a lake, so I'm reminded every day. And it's a big body of water where in any given moment, if the wind or something changes, it can be white capping like the ocean, or it could be like this morning where it was glass. And that can all change in 24 hours. And I liken that to a woman because that is what can happen. And when we have these energetic, you know, Cosmo vibes around us, like this moon, that is really about pulling back. New moon energy is like your menstrual cycle. So it's a very introspective time. When you start to understand that, and now you're like, oh, it's, it's the new moon, and you're kind of feeling melancholy, or you just want to be quiet, or you want to be alone, well, now you don't have to call it anything. Now it's just yeah. like, oh, well, that, that makes sense. Versus like full moon energy, you might be like raring to go and want to put on your, you know, pretty floral dress and go on a patio somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So it's also, I think women, we're always looking for something to connect to because we are connectors. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, at the end of the day as a woman, like you have that mama thread in you that is you are a connector. You're part of a huge global community, whether or not you realize it. Mm-hmm. And so when we can have something like this lunar wisdom that we see that helps us to connect in, I think for a lot of women, it just makes them feel like they're part of something. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Like that, that bigger picture, that bigger story that yeah. we're all contributing to. So I love that. I love moon talk, all, yeah. all of that. Um, and, you know, I have found that over time as well. When I was younger, I was, I was a gym goer, you know, did the five days a week working out in the gym really hard. And then as soon as I started to figure out my rhythm and now I'm a yoga teacher and started to bring those pieces into my life and understanding that, yes, those that week before my cycle is more introverted. I can communicate with my family that I need that time to myself. I can just do yoga and stretch and go for walks and connect to nature. And, you know, raising two boys, I find really important for me to communicate with them. They know every month when I'm bleeding Mm -hmm. that I need time to myself. So it's just an understanding now. So hopefully when they are older and are connecting with their partners that they now already have that embedded in them that, okay, this, this is what's going on with him or her or whoever they end up with. And so I think this is such an important conversation. So speaking of like family dynamics and your own life, like what are some things that you incorporate into your daily rhythm that provide you support throughout the month? 
So movement is how I come home to my body. Um, and I use the word movement and not exercise because to me, they're different things, but I move my body every day. And that is completely based on my cycle. Um, so everything I do, so, you know, I teach a lot of different modalities of movement. And so when I'm, you know, in my follicular and ovulatory phase, I'm lifting heavy, I'm, you know, doing my weights and doing barbells and dumbbells and all of that. And then when I'm coming into that luteal phase and menstrual, it's more bar Pilates, it's yoga. I walk in nature every day. That is where I recalibrate. Uh, it is my moving meditation. And so walking and moving daily are huge ones for me. And then the way that I take care of my body on a nourishment level, I, I don't feel like I am the me that I am meant to be if I'm not well fed. So, you know, eating food that's nourishing to me, hydrating my body, I need to have enough time. I've learned over the years as an entrepreneur and a mom, transitions are big for me. I never used to give myself enough time to like change hats and to end one thing and then like finish my work here and then go and be a mom. So I've, I've created these bigger transitions, which usually just means I lie on the floor in between. So I can just I like, I'm going to lie on the floor after this before breathe, I go out there. <laughs> yeah, breathe and say hello to myself and then go back into it. Um, and you know, my husband and I, it's, we've been together for 25 years, you know, since we were in high school and just every night we go for a walk and we reconnect and, um, allowing myself to be vulnerable enough to, to have these big open conversations and to dream out loud instead of for so long, I used to do it all inside or just in the pages of a journal. And you don't realize that if you don't cast it out into the universe and you don't verbalize it and say it, you're kind of keeping a lid on it. Mm -hmm. So those have, you know, and simple, I just try to keep it as simple as possible. I move, I eat well, I prioritize my sleep. Um, I gave up drinking pretty much completely a couple of years ago, because as I was getting into perimenopause, like my late 30s and early 40s, my body was just like, this is not serving us anymore. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, I, I just listen now. Honestly, that has become the biggest thing there. I live with very little force. Mm, I love that. So before I ask you my last question, where can people connect with you and what are some things that you're offering now that they can connect to as well? So the best place to connect with me is on Instagram, which is Jen Pike. My name is spelled with two N's. I also have a podcast, The Simplicity Sessions, um, where we talk a lot about the things that we spoke about today. And then my website is jenpike.com. And so the Hormone Project, that is like my, that's my third baby. Well, it's my fourth baby because I have a dog. And that is where... Um, you know, it, that's where the best parts of me show up for my clients in that program, working together one-on-one. -on -one. And then Synced is my movement studio. So that is all based around its strength, its yoga, its Pilates, its bar, its mobility, its diaphragm and uterine massaging. And it's all built with inside this capsule of where and how do you plug this in based on where you're at in your cycle or with the moon. So it's called Synced. And they can learn more about all of that info over at my website, jenpike.com. I love that. So ladies that are listening, please go to her website because there's so much wisdom there that we all need and that we can all share with one another. So my last question for you is um, if you were on a stage and you knew that that was the last day that you had on this earth and you had a stadium full of young women, what is the one message that you would want them to understand? 
your intuition is your guiding superpower and never second guess her. Never mm. second guess her. You were born as a female, which is one of the most incredible, you know, in my opinion, creations of life. And you have got so much potential in your body and so much wisdom. Allow it to come forward. Don't let anybody tell you it's not possible. Do not let them dim your light. You keep shining as bright as possible and you live from that place of your deepest knowing. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful way to sign off. Thank you for spending this time with us. And thank you for all your wisdom and all that you do in the world. I think this is such, such important work. And it's, yeah, it's so needed, especially in this time right now. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our talk today. Me too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.